Hello and welcome to the Luke Miller Podcast. I am glad that you are able to join us this week as, dare I say, we finish up our series taking a look at hope in in hard times. Uh, this is week eight of this little mini-series in this podcast, and, and we found ourselves last week in 2 Corinthians and found ourselves in a few places uh, over the last couple weeks, uh, but we were in 2 Corinthians uh, last week, and we're going to continue in there this week, and and we've been focusing on again how we deal with trials of life. Now, over this series, uh, we've hit on some really key points as as far as how we actually define trials that we may be going through. Another thing that we've taken a look at is is why God is doing this. A, a lot of the questions that we've asked are really those basic who, what, when, where, why questions. Uh, questions that we ask when we go through hard times. God, why is this happening? What did I do wrong? How can I get myself out of, of these troubles? And I really think that one of the best things that we can take away from all of this is this refinement process where God is constantly working on us. But, but there's also something special that knowing that even as you're going through a trial or a hardship, that God has specifically designed this point in time and this event that you may be going through to help make you better, to help refine you. When I played volleyball uh, in college, once in a while we would have a game where we were just horrible. I mean, and we would know we were horrible. And, and on Monday morning, you would go into practice after playing games on the weekend and you'd start to set up the net, and the coach would say, don't bother putting up the net today. You're not going to need it. And that's when we knew that we were going to run, and run like crazy, uh, nonstop for the next two hours. And we would be doing fast drills because we were probably slow uh, on the court, and, and it would all be working on footwork and running and diving and, and everything, and you would be absolutely done afterwards. But I tell you, when you stepped on the court that next game that in that weekend, there was a lot more focus, not only because you don't want to find yourself in that position again, but there's a lot more focus on what you're trying to accomplish. It also gave a lot more focus on how to prepare. And, and that's what I kind of like in this, this analogy is, yes, on Monday you may have been running. You know why you were running. But on Tuesday, the net was back up, and we were back doing the volleyball drills and practicing. And again, that focus and preparation and knowledge of that preparation, uh, it became uh, a real laser focus as you headed to the weekend and set your sights on the goal of what you wanted to accomplish. That's what God is doing with us, right? There are going to be those times where he's metaphorically saying, don't bother putting up the volleyball net because you're going to be running today. <laughs> and, and whatever the trial is, whatever the hardship is, uh, nobody likes to hear that it is going to be a rough uh, period of time, that it is going to be a very uh, tough slog as you try and as God refines you. But you know that you will come out better for it. And my goal, I, I, well, I my goal, God's goal in this is that it also gives us focus as to what our real purpose is, and, and finding purpose in our problems. Uh, as we looked at, at Paul last week, 
uh, and the perspective that he gave in 2 Corinthians, uh, there's some practical ways which we can find purpose in our problems. Uh, remember that God has a plan to use your pain for his purposes. So no matter where you may find yourself, God is going to use you. Uh, and that refinement process is there for a reason. And, and today as we finish this off, I wanted to just address some, some very simple, although not necessarily easy to accomplish, simple in their statement, uh, ways in which we can uh, really start to focus on our purpose uh, through our problems. And, and I think the number one thing that we can see in this is that we need to confess our bitterness to God. Bitterness will, will stop or, or slow down God's plan to use your suffering for his glory and for your good in so many ways. Uh, while it's okay to express your anger to God, and it's something that we see in Psalms and we talked about last week and something that, is, uh, that we should encourage is going to God with all of our emotions— some of us are probably also have bitterness, which is different. And if you think way back to eight weeks ago when we started this, uh, we were looking at Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, and, uh, and every time in this series, and I'll do it again, uh, I'll say it, is that like a bitter heart will harm you and it'll harm others. Uh, see that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many, uh, is what we read in Hebrews chapter 12, 15. And, and someone that has bitterness is very much like uh, drinking poison and then waiting for the other person to die. <laughs> uh, it, it does a whole lot to you uh, in it, uh, while you're hoping that it fixes something else in someone else's life. Uh, and bitterness, it's a very easy way for us to... Uh, it's very easy way for us to let anger take over because it is very much the natural outflow of bitterness. Um, when we approach our difficulties uh, from that standpoint of getting rid of get ridding, getting rid of that bitterness, all of a sudden there's a, a difference in perspective. You know, the only difference between coming bitter and becoming uh, better uh, is is really the focus and getting that, that laser focus on, on where God is calling us. Uh, and so uh, someone who has bitterness, like I said, it, it'll consume you. Uh, and yet it's something that we need to be able to go to God and confess with. In fact, that's, if, if there's anger in your life and you think anger is the issue, there might be a very good chance that God is saying, you know what, that's not the root of the problem. The root of that anger is actually coming from bitterness that you may have. Uh, approaching our, our difficulties uh, from the standpoint of being able to go to God with whatever bitterness we have, and it's something that's really important. Uh, to, to say, you know, normally we're saying what I want, what I have lost, what I think is fair, you know, all those questions will, will make us, I think, more bitter and angry. When I start to say, this is what I want, God, this is what I have lost. This is what I think is fair. And we know that that is one of those key statements that we've talked about, right? Is how many times do we say, God, this isn't fair. And God says, you know what? Trust me, I've got a plan in this. Uh, but, 
But if we allow those questions to consume us, rather than the ones that we've looked at of the who, the what, the when, the why, and where uh, in God's plan, we're, we're putting the focus back on us, not what God is doing in us. Uh, and so we want to be able to always see the grace of God, regardless of how difficult our circumstances might be. Is Really, is your, I, if, if we think of it from a worship perspective, you know, is your your fist closed in anger or extended in anger, or is it uh, open-handed, lifted up to him? Uh, and and I think bitterness will be that one key component, one of those key components. The other is uh, admitting our own arrogance and turning from pride. And I know these aren't easy ones to hear, but it's ones that are probably the most frequent amongst Christ followers, uh, is not only bitterness, but also arrogance. Uh, and and our ability to say, you know what, there's pride going on in my life. In what area of your life are you filled with pride is probably one of the good questions we should ask today. Uh, and and here's an idea: instead of, of boasting about strengths or starting start boast you know start boasting about weakness and how God has demonstrated His power in your problem. And that's a very good way of looking at it. Listen, and I know I know that none of us really like to think and promote what our own weaknesses are. Uh, if you've ever been in a job interview, you know this. Eventually, someone is going to ask, "What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses?" And and yeah, we can mention the strengths, no problem. And when we get the weakness, all of a sudden we try and frame our weaknesses as strength, don't we? Oh, sometimes I just show up too early and I'm too eager to work. Well, that's. That's, I wouldn't say is a weakness, but yet we are, are framing it that way, right? And we can frame, uh, you know, many weaknesses uh, in a good way when, we, when that good way and what it's pointing to is how God has demonstrated his power in your problem, all right? So recognize what weakness you've got going on. If you've got bitterness in your life, if you've got arrogance in your life, if you've got pride in your life, the, the way to start turning that around is not to stop boasting, but to continue boasting, except instead in your weakness and how and focusing that boasting on how God is demonstrating his power in your life uh, to get over that weakness. Being a Christ follower is all about transformation. Uh, from that moment where you make that decision to follow Christ, uh, when you know that your sins have been forgiven, when you understand that that despite what you have done, God has uh, willingly and lovingly extended his, his hand out to you for you to grab, and you've grabbed a hold of it. Transformation takes place. The other thing that is, is so key is restoration. Knowing that once you've made a mistake, it's not the end. It, it doesn't end there. God doesn't cross you off some list. Forgiveness is yours. And that's something that we should boast in, in this, that we are constantly being restored, and that God is constantly transforming us. Those are two very powerful words that we don't talk about uh, too often, both in larger church community and as, as individuals, and it's something that we need to bring to the forefront. If you can't think of a weakness, I really suggest asking a family member. <laughs> they will tell you. <laughs> uh, uh, in fact, they'll probably give you more than you a longer list than you may have wanted. Uh, the most dangerous threat to our faith is pride. 
Uh, James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Uh, if we read about what happened in Nebuchadnezzar, with Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 5, verse 20, it's a chilling reminder of what can happen if we're not humble. But when his heart became arrogant and, his, and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. Hardships keep us humble. And if you think about it, it's an act of arrogance to demand that God owes us an ex- explanation for why we're going through the pain and our suffering, right? Uh, and, and I think it's one of those things uh, that as we get, uh, as we hear of people who have, uh, are going through affliction, there's uh, something to say about recognizing the fact that I believe that I've been sucked that I am suffering right now, I've been chosen by God. Uh, I, I've been, we were, we're put in this elite group of people who look at the world differently than others uh, and, and not in an arrogant way. Pain humbles you. It brings you to your knees. Pain can, can change you. And suffering is, a, again, this is all dealing with the theology of suffering, is that this is God doing a work in you. This is a sign that God is doing a work in you. It may not be fun, but it is God saying, I have chosen this just for you to make you better. And I know as as a kid, I remember when I was told I had to do something and, and I didn't want to do it or it was something regular that I had to do and I was being forced to do it, a chore or something. I remember hearing my parents give that phrase, Oh, you'll thank me later for this. And I always remember my response. No, I won't. <laughs> I hear it now with our kids, right? When I say, you know, oh, you'll thank me for this later. No, I won't. Right? Our natural response is to say to our parents, you know, as kids, now you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I know what will help me later. And our parents are saying, hey, listen, we've lived through this. You know, we know what will, will help you, what will make you stronger, what will build your character. As a kid, you don't want to hear that. Well, it's the same way in our own walk as Christ followers. Does it seem odd to us that, we are, that when God says to us, trust me, this will make you better, that our response would be, no, it won't? <laughs> Does that not sound odd, saying that to the God who created the heavens and the earths, who who knows everything about us, <laughs> that we're saying, you know what? I know better, God, <laughs> right? It's probably that ultimate act of, of pride or arrogance is, is telling God that you know better than him, <laughs> and you know what you need to refine yourself, not God. Uh, and and there's, there's a way to get through this, uh, and, and we've talked about this in last summer was it with a focus on prayer, but it's but a way around it is to continually pray. Pray as long as you can. Pray with passion. Pray with persistence. Ask God for, for a miracle. Uh, and and don't, uh, don't be afraid to ask your, your church, your pastors, your elders to, to pray for you, to pray over you, uh, to go to God with you. Uh, there is something so great when you see that as a community. It's something so great that you see... Uh, you see it as uh, as individuals when you pray to God and you go to Him, 
and, and very much you, you declare what you need and ask God for wisdom in it. Now, I'll put in the plug here because every Sunday morning, we've got that prayer right after the service. We've got that area, and there's always someone there to pray. We've also just made up these brand new prayer cards where you are able to write down. You don't have to put your name on it if you don't want, but put down whatever prayer you need and know that people will be praying for you. Uh, people in this community. If you're online, you can go right to our website and www.sunrise.church and and there is a spot there for you to just submit prayer requests that you may need and know that people will be praying for you. I always uh, kind of chuckle a little bit when kids will tell me, I'll, I'll tell them that they have to write down a, a prayer. And I said, listen, if you don't want to write your name down on it, that's fine, you know? If you want this between you and God, you can write down what you want to pray for. But uh, if you don't want to write your name, God knows who that prayer is from. When we pray for it, God, God knows. We may not know, but we are petitioning on your behalf. And, and we are or going to God and saying, you know, hey, this person needs this prayer. We may not know your name, but God does. Uh, and so, so... Yeah, we'd love to be able to pray specifically for a person, but if not, we we lift up prayer no matter what. Pray with passion and persistence. And and here's the thing that I know we won't like to hear is is that we need to be willing to give God the right to say no to us. In the whole scope of things, God already has the right to say no, but it's important for us to admit it. Uh, I love the the model of Jesus, which Paul has seemed to follow when he prayed three times for the suffering to be taken away in Mark chapter 14, 36. He says, Abba, Father, uh, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but your will. And, and we talked a little about, a bit about this in the, the past, that, that if you're going through problems and not experiencing you know, the prosperity that you are wanting in your life, this does not mean that God is against you or that somehow you don't have enough faith to, to claim God's favor. Suffering happened to Paul and it happened to Jesus, not because of, of not just because they were out of God's will, but because they were right in God's will. And, and so I always kind of say, take that Paul and Jesus approach where you hear them pray three times to, to have something taken away from them. And if it is not, it is just a surefire sign that God, you're in God's will and he's doing something right now. And he's doing something in you right now. Uh, and the sooner we're able to hear that word no and be fine with it, we'll be much better off. I mean, there's a lot that we're talking about today that that can be a, a focus on on parenting and how we raise our kids. And for some of us, none of us likes to hear no, right? Uh, every time I drive by a Chick Fil A, that's I I want I always want to go to a Chick Fil A. And whether I'm in the car with myself and I'm like, no, I can't go to Chick Fil A every single day for every single meal, or whether it's Sarah saying it to me, or whether I'm having to say it to my kids that like nobody likes to hear no, no matter what the topic is. Uh, yet, yet the sooner we accept it, the better off we are for it. 
Because the sooner we get to that, the sooner we'll be able to see that this, what you are going through, this trial that we're going through, is a gift from God. The sooner we see that we're in God's will as we're going through this, the sooner we see that we are being refined by him. Think about the biggest trial that you've ever been through and thank God for it. Look back at your life this week. Look back at your life today and think of the biggest trial that you've gone through and thank God for it. And and here's a, a practical hint as you ask that question is don't trust your feelings on this. When, when, when those you love are in great pain or when you face uh, tragedy or, or friends turn against you, when, when life starts to cave in on you, your feelings won't be an accurate guide. You won't feel joyful or grateful or, or full of trust normally. So, so don't judge the circumstances by your feelings. Judge your circumstances by the Holy Spirit and by God's word. Uh, and, and that is going to be where what, what leads you. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Allow the Word of God to lead you and guide you. Don't allow your feelings to, to do that uh, as you are, are trying to sift out what your trials are and what God is doing. Because, again, most of us don't like to hear no, and most of us don't like to think that hardship is a gift. When you do that, a powerful conclusion emerges from this. Uh, and these great trials give me great hope that God is doing something. God means a, a great benefit to me, right? Uh, seeing things the way uh, God's way doesn't cancel your trials. It doesn't turn them uh, into non-trials, but it does transform you. And it transforms your evaluation of what you're going through. It allows you to see what God is doing in you. And allows you to move closer to his intended purposes for you. And allows those purposes to be accomplished. So as we go from here uh, and finish up this series, I think the big thing here is to say, keep these two things in mind. One, struggles are sent from God. And two, they are necessary for spiritual growth. The first statement reflects a high view of God's sovereignty. Everything is either caused by God or is allowed by God. There is no third category, <laughs> right? Uh, and so, so struggles are sent from God, right? And allow your suffering to minister to others, right? The two truths of struggles are sent from God and, they're, and they are necessary for my spiritual growth, it's also not meant for you to just keep this to yourself. Suffering is a way to minister to others. Hebrews and the, the great hall of faith of those who did some great, amazing stuff in Scripture and went through incredible hardships, it's very evident um, that, that they can minister to us. Just like as you are going through something right now, you're able to minister to others uh, down the road, maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year. So, so that ministry component of it is, is very, very important. Uh, and and being able being able to minister to others uh, from the suffering that we've been through. Now I think we can uh, can finish up here uh, for this this week and finish this series um, because I think we've really 
honed in on what God does with us during weakness and during trials, why it's happening, how we can come out better for it, what we need to do in order to accomplish um, that refinement process and how we can uh, really uh, fall in line with God's, God's will. So, so I think this is a great place to stop. I want to pray this week as we, uh, we head out from here. Uh, and, and we'll be back next week as we start another series uh, and, and looking into God's Word. Thank you so much for joining me, but let me pray and, and just ask that uh, God will, will be working constantly in us, and whether it's through our trials or as we minister to others because of the trials we've been through, uh, that we'll be in God's purposes uh, and God's, God's will. So let's pray. God, I just thank you for today. I thank you that we can come together and worship you, and, and as we do that, by reading your Word. And, and how you've done so much through trials in people's lives in Scripture, as we read about your son, we read about Paul, we read about these great names of people who, who went through all sorts of trials, yet at the same time, uh, God, they asked for that, that, that hardship be to, to be taken away, yet the prayer that followed was that your will be done no matter what. So we pray for that today. Uh, that we would be able to earnestly and honestly look back at our lives and say, what are some of our great trials? And then ask, what did you teach us? And then have the ability to go and share that with others. Uh, and so, God, we just uh, thank you for this challenge and on a topic that is not an easy one, and, and suffering is not an easy topic. Yet, God, uh, we know you're doing something in our lives. You're actively working in our lives. And, God, we pray that we will stop saying no uh, to when we hear what you are saying and what you want for us. Take away that pride, take away that arrogance, and allow us to thrive in your will. And so we just pray these things all in your amazing and holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. I am looking forward to next week uh, as we'll be back. Same time, same place, 2 o'clock on Thursday as we start in on our next series. Take care and have a great week.